Welcome to Show Center, the Air Show podcast. I'm out of work air show announcer Matt Jolly, joined as always by my two colleagues, out of work air show announcer Rick Peterson and occasionally employed air show announcer Rob Ryder. For the year 2020, he's worked for the President of the United States this year. Pretty, pretty cool gig there, Rob. That's pretty it. cool gig. Yeah. <laughs> say, okay, we're 200 days into the year, and I've yeah. worked one. One. There you go. <laughs> that's, that's 100% more than me and 100% <laughs> more. Sorry. <laughs> well, listen, So it's that kind of a year, though, and believe it or not, we're already talking about the convention the big yeah. International Council of Air Shows convention, and we understand that people are signing up at, at a great pace to yeah. make the annual pilgrimage to Las Vegas for air show people. That's terrific. I'm glad to hear it. Well, ICAS I have made it, uh, they, the pricing and everything's good, and, the, and right. your cancellation policy looks pretty solid given the times, so... We'll see what happens. Let's see what happens. Yeah, and I think we're all hopeful for a positive outcome for next year, and uh, that's that's kind of what everybody's banking on right now is uh, is next year. But but something that that can't go without discussion is is a trip down memory lane, really, for the two of you who have survived some of the well lessons learned at conventions from years past when they were not in las vegas (laughs) right why it's at vegas and not places like oh let's say disney world or or dallas Dallas. we did dallas one year we did dallas and i enjoyed dallas that was the first time that i hosted um the lunch the award luncheons and uh, and I, I had a ball because, as you'll recall, Rob, we had the Wright Brother glider suspended over the stage. Yeah, we did. I had forgotten about that. Oh my gosh, yes. And I went into the washroom the, on our on our chairman's banquet night. We're all gussied up in our tuxedos, and in the hotel complex we were in in Dallas. Um, the same night, the major hospital in Dallas had their fundraiser. And as you went into the washrooms, you kind of mingled, but, you know, who knew who was who because we're all wearing tuxedos. And I remember that it was an awkward feeling standing at the urinals. And, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm not going to leave it right there. Okay. To my, to my right, and I had to, and forgive me for saying I had to look down, but it's because he was, he was vertically challenged for no other reason, was Ross Perot. Oh, my goodness. That's right. And, you know, as we head in and up to another election, uh, he was uh, he was in the urinal next to me and uh, and he couldn't help but feel uncomfortable. I'm sure as I glazed to my right, because it just didn't seem right that it seemed like there was someone there, but not really because vertically challenged. Now I'm busted because it's like, well, I'm really not looking. (laughs) And he gave me that, that great Texas howdy. Ah, you know, he gave me a nice big high. And I said, I'd shake your hand, Mr. Brown, but it's not, not no. just yet. <laughs> <laughs> and he came out, he, he asked what we were doing. I told him what we were doing. He told us what he was doing, helping the hospital. And uh, and after we washed up, I, uh, I did shake his hand and off he went. And I thought, that's one of my lasting remembers, uh, memory, memories rather of that, and that we had actually purchased the... Uh, Billiards table that we was not a billiards table. It was uh, 
Oh, what they call that? Dang, scrunch, scrunch, scrum. Help me. Oh, crud. Yeah. A crud table. Crud. Crud, crud table. Crud table. The crud table, and it got ugly. Uh, it just, it got ugly. And, but uh, just think what, Rick, that what may have happened, your, your meeting Ross Perot could have had a profound effect on, on his son's involvement with the Fort Worth Alliance air show. I wonder. Huh? I've, huh? I wonder. It's all oh, thanks maybe. to Ricky huh? P. That's right. See, yeah. that's a huge memory right there. There you go. Let's talk that's, about that's, that's all that was huge in that entire story. <laughs> <laughs> let's let's, uh, let's talk about about uh, speaking of huge. Let's talk about Disney because Disney, uh, as I have great place, as it's I've heard so many place. stories, it is a family place, and and I've heard stories of <laughs> of men swimming in fountains and and families scared off and all of this stuff. Uh, but I I just can't imagine, you know. Family-friendly it, Rob Ryder and Rick Peterson getting into any trouble at the happiest place on earth. It uh, they were quite unhappy, I think. By the time we we left, <laughs> it was not really the right venue, and I think Rob would would share that. Even though you know we have to, I've lots of I've I think seventeen times I've been to Disney World, but never with the iCast folks. And uh, I can understand as we, the, I'll never forget it because I rang up a phone bill close to four thousand dollars, which I had to negotiate Whoa! to get down to twenty four hundred dollars. I was doing my radio program at the time and stuff, and it's it's a long story. To make a long story short, when I was trying to and uh, not raise my voice at checkout, get this dealt with so that it would be a little more reasonable because they were trying to charge a uh, operator assisted long distance charge. A lot of to, our audience. They, they have no idea what you're talking about right now. That's, That's right. There used to be a person on the other end of the line that would actually connect you to the person that you wanted right. to call. If you even used a, use a hotel phone anymore, you know, your cell phone does it all for you now. So anyway, yeah. I, I'm left with this on the bill, and I'm, I'm trying to get it dealt with. And I, I can still remember how polite, because you know how the Disney uh, people are. He's got his little vest on and his checkered tie and all that stuff. And he says, yes, sir, if you wouldn't mind, if we could just take this over to the other side. And if you could stay away from the families, please. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. And I managed to get the uh, phone bill down to almost half and somehow left satisfied. That's how crazy those times were. And uh, and I, the, the one thing that I remember about Disney is that the food was not all that good in all those restaurants. I thought I thought it was average. That was my overriding remembrance of that. Hmm. That real place. Yeah. Not the mouse or the roller coasters or the convention floor, but the food, the food oh. just, you know, yes. like something a rodent might enjoy or a duck. Well, his pants. <laughs> Yeah. Mark, Mark McGinn and I had to go out and uh, John Cuddy, he assigned me to do drop-ins for the chairman's banquet, which I think you were hosting, Rob. And I had to go out and do been. comedy pieces. And it might have been for the luncheon, too. But one of the uh, ideas we had was that there was rumor that the Snowbirds might be replacing their jet. And that, uh, and that, that was the heavy rumor. And so we, we decided we'd follow through on that. And I got the bus. It was Ian. We get out the next uh, morning because we're, if Disney told us if we could get to Dum the Dumbo ride, um, <laughs> early in the morning, that 
because they will not let people, they don't want guests um, to have people cut in on them, especially the families and the kids. So we had uh, our handler <laughs> took us to Dumbo early enough in the morning that, uh, let, let me just say, the boss of the Snowbirds, Ian, had to wear sunglasses. And let me emphasize, had to wear sunglasses. <laughs> So that we could get on Dumbo, and I would be in the Dumbo ahead of Dumbo that he was going to be in, and hold my video camera, handheld video camera in those days, so that I could talk into it, and he would appear behind me as Dumbo elevated. And the whole scenario was that we were going to reveal the new Snowbird's jet. <laughs> <laughs> and he appeared behind me in the Dumbo elephant. We went through that. That took from concept to execution to editing that Mark McGinn did a great job of to put presentation, uh, pre presenting took probably four and a half hours of two very hungover guys. <laughs> <laughs> and it got a laugh that lasted about four seconds. That's <laughs> <laughs> uh, amazing. And what? left two and get children out of in line. By the way, it left two children in line, crying. <laughs> <laughs> well, as you do, yeah. Do you have any other <clears throat> memories from uh, from Disneyland other than the food, Rob? No, I don't. Uh, but I, I have I, my recollection um, of of Dallas. I got to see Daly Plaza, where President Kennedy was assassinated, which which was, in in all seriousness, a very solemn place. Um, it was way smaller than I had, that I had imagined in the in the movies and stuff. But we went to Nashville one year. I think it was the '99. It was the first year that I got to MC the banquet. But Nashville, Rick, uh, as you remember, nothing was near anything there, right. <laughs> and you had to you had to walk a five mile. Miles, I think it was five. <laughs> You know, if they'd have had smart watches, everybody would say, I got my steps in, and it's 8.30 in the morning. So, and this was anyway, at the Opryland uh, Resort there in at Nashville. The, at the, yes, that's uh, in Nashville, Tennessee. And, and in Nashville, too, you'd think they would have been as smart as Vegas is. You couldn't walk five miles in Vegas without passing at least 300 uh, bars or, or machines or something that would gather more revenue. <laughs> right. At Opryland, that's right. it was just hotel rooms, tunnels, walkways some of it was beautiful it was like walking through a, a disney-esque scene with little houses and things nothing was opened the place closed <laughs> at seven o'clock old buckle of the bible belt and uh and i just couldn't get over the fact that you couldn't ask, you couldn't even pick up a beer en route to be able to get into the convention and then uh we were sharing convention the convention center with the john deere tractor people and i oh, still the first day walking into there thinking that Les Shockley had put a jet engine on a tractor <laughs> before I realized I was in the wrong convention hall. So it was oh. a strange place. And Steve Oliver, I don't know if you were in with the crowd or not, but Steve took everybody downtown to go to the music scene, and he was going to get us. We, we practically owned the bar. I can't remember the name of the bar now, but it's one of the, one of the more popular and important ones right in Nashville. And so... I'm sitting there thinking, this is cool. We've got, you know, we're ordering our drinks. Uh, there's some decent, you know, bar food. This place is huge. The band is going to be awesome. I'm going to hear some. We're in Nashville, Tennessee. Uh, somebody's going to come out here 
and sing some classic country or it's going to be a country star, who knows, or a rising star. And the band took up position and I'm looking at the band going, oh, Lord, there's like eight of them. And I'm thinking, this is a big band. There's even a sax. They got a horn section going. Then a few more guys walked out on stage. And then they hit their first number. And my jaw hit the floor. The wow. opening number was Jungle Boogie. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought, we are in for a rocking night here. This is going <laughs> to Oh, man. Uh, I think we stuck Oliver with a couple of grand, at least in drinks. And uh, and went home. <laughs> Good for him. Back to the hotel. Luckily, it was still open when we got back. <laughs> Place closed up. Well, I have to ask because after surviving several of these these conventions that just didn't pan out the way that maybe people thought they would, it, it seems like Vegas is the place that a lot of us love to hate. Yeah, but it's probably yeah, the best so. place. I think it's the safest place for us in. You know where who we are, uh, what we do, how we do it, and uh, and I think it's basically central too, in that it's uh, given it's December, you can't do it too far north because of the weather. I mean, uh, everybody gets snowed in or something. So when it comes right down to it, it's probably the best choice until somebody gets a bigger convention set up so that they can handle us and the other stuff i think anyway, well i mean you hear back uh, to danny's stories and gene's stories susie's stories about being in milwaukee for the first one and you know, can you imagine milwaukee in december no <laughs> <laughs> even though it's probably warmer than here i don't yeah. think well, there. i even attended an icas i think didn't we do one in reno yes i think i was at one in reno and I did not expect it to be particularly cold, and I froze my butt off. Yeah. Uh, well, it, so. it Vegas Vegas is a uh, – well, it's it's the town that – I think we said it right. It's the town that everybody loves to hate, but it, it is it is a phenomenal place to have a convention of, of our type. And, um, yeah, I, well, I, see, I hope that it's, what, it's what, a good What do you mean, a convention of our type? You, well, you I think that, that? – I think it's a, I think it's a unique set of people who show up every year, and it's uh, Vegas is the kind of place that says, you know, we we welcome we welcome whatever you want to bring out here. How about that? Did, did I say that well enough? I mean, That's if you've been, then you good. understand it's, it. It's it's not, not we would not we would certainly yeah. not equate it with tail hook or anything. No, no, like no, no, nothing like that. But it's it's just a it's a it's a diverse group of people and everybody. Loves to go out there and uh, and have fun and and learn a lot. I mean, it's a huge point of uh, of knowledge out there, and I think that's the wonderful thing about the ICAST convention is that it is such a huge knowledge base uh, yep. when you can and, go and and under one roof. And until the cell phone and smartphones came along, indeed, what happened in Vegas stayed in Vegas, but not so much anymore. So. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Do you think we'll ever have to go back to the Rio? Are we forever now at the Paris? I think the Rio is being destroyed for yes. a new stadium. Thank I understand. goodness. It, it is? I think that uh, ICAST should do some kind of uh, a promotion and uh, and perhaps to even entice us more uh, to go this year uh, that you could buy tickets and be the one to push the plunger. <laughs> <laughs> 
Okay, I'll go back to yeah. food. I thought the Rio had two great buffets there, though. I see back so. to food again. Uh huh. <laughs> I, 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 I did like good. the bigger rooms at the Rio, and I like the central location and how it was uh, so easy to get down to the uh, convention. I have to say there were a lot of pluses. But then as it started to age and get older and older and without the upgrades, it, it, it's time. And Penn and Teller, I have no idea where they're going to end up now. It's kind of sad. They'll be homeless. <laughs> I, think they'll be, I think they'll be just fine. Uh, what I'm worried about is our, is our bourbon guy. Down in the basement, I hope he scotch. I the hope scotch he, bar. Well, yeah, the scotch bar. I hope he gets. I hope he gets the word, right, before they uh, do hit that big plunger. It no, was I'm a very sorry. surprising experience down there with Rick that year. Now, what, to fill me in, I was not part of yeah. that party. Uh, well, I mean, it's a scotch what? and bourbon place with the finest, you know, the finest beverages in the in the world, and it's uh, it's a very nice place. So we all went down there. A few of us went down there. Big, comfy leather seats yeah, that oh, you yeah. really get back up out of without help. And trust me, the guys <laughs> drinking with Matt, Brian Swidervich, people like that, no one was going to help you up out of that seat. No. You were there for the night, and the waiter was quite entertaining. He yes. walked in very serious, very, very serious. And I don't remember who shot the first volley, but you asked you know, what his recommendation was, and he, he opens the menu, and then when he spoke, we didn't see those, that You've met, yeah, you've met those people whose voices don't look like they go with the body, right, Rick? I mean, that's, this, is that fair to say? Has this man towered over us? Exceptionally yes. high falsetto voice, though. Yes. We, <laughs> we were in his shadow. He cast shade <laughs> on us, looked down at us, and pointed to one of the, uh, and he said, You might like the laggy 16. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and because I had it in me. I lost. I, <laughs> I don't think I recovered. No, nope. no, it was it was pretty hysterical, and you could hear the guy, of course, th throughout the whole place. It was a very quiet kind of place, and all you well, could hear was him exactly. <laughs> recommending <laughs> stuff. And I could still remember thinking in my head, I just if if I could stop laughing, that what I wanted to say and. <laughs> Desperately say it was, please don't kill me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, we had Pumpkin there with us. You know, I mean, Pumpkin was there, and it was uh, it was a fun night. But uh, yeah, I, I look forward to the Paris every year, and I I've come to, I guess I've come to appreciate the changes they've made now. But it it's it's a nice place, and it's a it's going to be a great convention there this year, uh, the first part of December, and I, we should say too that it, maybe explain this a little bit better that. The rooms uh, have a special rate there this year, and with the, the credit that they give you, it's dropped the convention registration fee down to, what, like 300 and something dollars? It's the lowest it's been, well, since your visit to Opryland, probably. That <laughs> <laughs> could be. Where you had to but, walk eight there miles. Is, there is also one other big change that has taken place that we began to notice this past December when we were in Las Vegas is the amount of weed that was being smoked on the street. The what? Probably illegal. <clears throat> weed. What's that? <laughs> so anyway. Oh, gosh. You, you, you're a musician, yeah. aren't you, Mr. Ryder? You would... <laughs> Major living in television. Hold on, man. I'll be right with you. Singing most and playing. 
I, I hate to break it to you, Rob, but I think most of that was coming out of the square pant SpongeBob square pants guy that was standing in the corner and the strip. Yeah, might, you be. might be right. Well, and, oh man, we would love to hear some of your convention memories. If you have some that you'd like to share with us, uh, please send them over to Rick, and then maybe yeah, we can, yeah. We can read I can't some wait to see those that I, that I can allow or not allow on our Facebook page. Yeah, but send them over to Rick. And the fun thing would be maybe we could read them and then try to figure out. Rick could read them to us, and we could try to figure out who it was. That would be, that would be oh. fun. Have sort of a, you know, a guess, a guessing game there. That might be kind of fun. Uh, did you really wind up in the fountain at Disneyland? Is that true? Disney World, no, Disney it wasn't World. me. It was John Moore. I'm going to point fingers now. The guilty party. Oh, John no. Moore. What went missing was uh, in The Little Mermaid. Um, what was her? Ellen DeGeneres' character, the, the fish. Ellen DeGeneres' character in The Little Mermaid. Are you cooking the dishes while you do yeah, this? What are you like, doing? No, Jill is Jill is moving some dishes around here. We're, we're, I'm sitting in our place here in Maine. Yeah, you're on the island. And so, yes, we're on the island. And so Jill is, so just leave her alone. We're just, she's fragile. It's her birthday. Oh, hey. well, happy, happy birthday to Jill. Happy, Usually she's playing the birthday. piano. Today she's playing the, the pots and pans. Yeah. She's actually looking for a frying pan, and Rob is about to get it. <laughs> That's right. Right back <laughs> in the head. That's right. <laughs> Uh, well, happy birthday, Jill. That's that's happy outstanding. birthday, Jill, from the boys. Oh, good. Not happy birthday. Yeah, that's 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 all Rob's <laughs> no, job right no. there. No, we'll stop right yeah. there. Yeah, yeah. Well, good, good for you. So our gift, our gift to you is not to have Rob sing happy birthday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. A little inside, I was, I was, a little inside the air show business there for you. So the Ellen DeGeneres fish that she played, the, the little clown Nemo. fish, Nemo. Nemo was in the fountain. It was a Disney themed fountain, as you could well imagine. And uh, Nemo went missing. And Nemo was probably the size of a teacher's desk. Oh my! He found. <laughs> And it was a, you know, I, I don't think anybody was happy about the fact that it was missing. Now, I, t I can't tell you for sure that it was John who did it. It's just that it was John that I last saw doing the breaststroke through the fountain. So, <laughs> fast forward to our return to Vegas, where everybody was pretty happy to be back in Vegas after that year. And uh, the chairman's banquet began, and no one really noticed it for the first few minutes. That on the left part of the stage... There was Nemo. <laughs> I'd totally forgotten this. <laughs> and, uh, and so I, I think we were set up. <laughs> so totally I, set up. Clearly, probably from the old John Deere folks. Yeah. Probably, <laughs> we're going to fix these guys. And right. uh, so Nemo showed up. Now, whether he was ever returned ever returned to uh disney world i i don't know what happened after that yeah so. and we have no idea who did it but uh, right that's that's remarkable though what a, what a fun story to hear unless yeah. you were the guy that uh, is looking for nemo 
Exactly. You know, if we really want to get into serious stories about our business that could probably put people in jail, we just got to get Susie on this show. Gene yeah. Susie is there. We go. He so is a repository of the of the best and the worst. Our last show will be with Gino. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. There is some prop wash, guys. Yeah, there is. There is. There oh, is. Yeah. Well, let's uh, let's get right into it then. At uh, right. five it. minutes left in the show, go ahead. Five minutes that are left. Um, well, what I'll do is tell you there's going to be more about this in the upcoming issue of ICAST Magazine and in the Fast Facts in the days ahead. But uh, air shows are starting up again, sort of, and I'll, I'll fill you in. But we should point out that Fat Albert is in Texas now, the new J model, which is great. It's come over the pond. You can't say that anymore, though. They're not going to they're not going to call it Fat Albert anymore. I guess that's not politically. It's not correct. politically correct. It's now calorie enhanced Albert. Calorie enhanced Albert. <laughs> we'll even put that in. Is yeah. uh, is in Texas, and then we'll ultimately meet up with the Blues. Popeye delivered the first Blue Angels Super Hornet. Yeah. So that's, that's getting even closer. Thunderbirds prepping for the OC Air Show over the beach in Ocean City, Maryland, the middle of the month. And uh, and that's been a planning. Oh my God! They moved the date uh, to make this happen. Uh, now they're just about there over the beach, and it's looking good. The New York Air Show moved venues from Stewart to the Orange County Airport, and now will be a drive-in format. That's been a developing story, and changing with the times as well. And kudos to Bill Lilly, uh, Lilly Productions and the people at all the shows we're about to mention, who are in there swinging the bat. And even if they're even if they're you know swinging and missing sometimes and having to change and pivot is the word, the resilience is outstanding. And some of these stories, what it's going to map out for us, I think, are basically blueprints or templates that show what happens if you do this, this, and that, and what you can expect to happen if you do it this way or the other way. Uh, so it's 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 interesting to watch how this is going and through this changes are going to happen that I think are going to stick for a long time. Case in point, Kevin Walsh, three Friday night flights. Michigan allows gatherings of 200 people. means Kevin's team is going for smaller shows, more of them for members of the museum. They get an air show. The museum gets a fundraiser. And as they're going through this, Kevin shared with me the other day that the return on investment thing started to really stand out. In their first workup of the drive-in show that wasn't permitted, uh, you know, ultimately, uh, they started seeing that, you know, they, they could be putting in a lot less effort, a lot less cash outlay to do something that brought as much cash in a smaller format and shorter sm uh, format. And some of these drive-in concepts, the working up of these shows, uh, these people are starting to see a way to do new things in new ways that I think are going to change the industry entirely to the point where the same old, same old isn't going to work anymore, not as effectively. So there's, that's a good thing, I think, coming out of this, especially when it comes to shorter shows, uh, more acts, Bingo. acts, those kinds of things uh, are, are really starting to shape up in all of this. Live streaming is becoming more of a revenue generator at events and people uh, brought to sponsors. And there's, a, there's another team, a third team coming into that now within the industry. And that's going to pop up in the next few weeks. Uh, Shuttleworth drive-in success. Uh, Wings Over Warren, drive-in success again. And that Flying Circus uh, in Virginia with R.J. Gritter and, and Mark Meredith and some of the others, uh, they've been doing this for a long time. But that, again, these, these smaller venues 
seem to be a way to, to make it happen right now. And there's a lot of changes going on and a lot of the backstories to all the shows I just mentioned now. Uh, some of these people have been sharing what they've been finding out as they go along from everything from return on investment to uh, dealing with state, municipal, and federal government levels to make sure that they can put on safe shows and what's probably going to stick well into 2021, which brings us right back to the opening of our, our podcast, how important this convention is going to be as far as knowing what's coming up in the near future and the distant future. Well, and we're starting to actually see, and I, 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 I think you guys have probably started tracking this, we're starting to see some people uh, and some organizations publish data that is showing uh, the likelihood of you contracting COVID-19 outside at an outdoor event where you're properly socially distanced uh, is quite low. And there have been articles in the New York Times, there have been articles uh, released, uh, data released by the CDC. So I, I think as this starts to develop, as we've seen later in the summer, there, there could be some hope for outdoor entertainment. I know that the local rodeo went on this summer, uh, several outdoor events that I've seen around town have gone on. And, you know, the, the, I didn't see any residual reports or results from those that said, hey, somebody got, you know, somebody did come down with corona. I know that the lawsuits have been out there. Uh, we're starting to see more and more of that uh, pop up, which means that insurance is going to be uh, an issue. And we'll see how that all plays out. But, but still some encouraging news uh, for sure, guys. So hopefully yeah. a, a 2021 success story. And that big event, of course, uh, attracted close to 45 people in the, the Atlanta area when Matt was out gathering up his uh, lavender. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> the big event. Well, <laughs> so much. That's it well, for us today, though, guys. We're all out of time. We've got to come back and do this again. When are we going to have another show? Another two weeks? A couple, couple of weeks, sure. Yeah. Why not? It's not Why like not? we have anything else to do. And, uh, and Rob, where, where do you take Jill when you're in Maine? on her birthday i mean actually on this island there is no place to go so we had a very nice celebration at home before we flew up here and tonight tonight live main lobster that i'm going to steam and we're going to do right here so nice you know some two pounders so i jill loves lobster as long as i take it out of the shell for her okay so that's very nice it works well happy birthday to jill and we'll talk again in about two weeks, everybody. We appreciate you being here so long for now. Wow, we all sound so professional again. It's... Yeah, what What the hell? <laughs> <laughs> Is it over? Damn. I still, I still can't believe you called it the Opryland <laughs> I mean, seriously. Oh, my gosh. That's... that's that's what I said. It's got a huge laugh. <laughs> uh. <laughs> okay. Can't hear Bob anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I think so. that's. I think that's Disney calling, looking for their other 2400 bucks and Nemo. <laughs> <laughs>